doesn't feel like these are the results we're looking for, really for any across any of the spring games, Florida, Arizona, wherever they are. Less about the general outcomes during the spring and more about learning specific outcomes and the process these guys are trying to complete. So, Jules, I, I do somewhat feel like we have learned a few things today, uh, despite a relatively lopsided 12-6 score for the Yankees. Certainly a lot uh, to learn, and starting with the play of the game here show with uh, Davis Schneider looking extremely comfortable in left field and uh, stretching out for a pretty tremendous catch. We spoke pregame about his ability to get consistent playing time in the major leagues this year and how that is going to hinge on him uh, sort of tapping into the the versatility and the position side. We saw a lot of Davis Schneider at second base last year with the Blue Jays, not a ton of him in the outfield. And these are the things that the coaching staff is looking for to make uh, big decisions uh, at the end of spring and uh, when it's time to break camp and uh, get ready for opening day. Seeing a guy like that uh, make that sort of a play in day two of, of spring training games, that already puts him in a, in a pretty good spot. At the plate, not necessarily anything to write home about for Schneider. He walked once and struck out once. It's uh, you know it's pretty it's pretty difficult to draw any conclusions from that small of a sample size. However, extremely encouraging show to see him uh, show up on the defensive side. That is Julia Kreutz. I'm Show Ali. You're listening to Jay's Talk across the Sportsnet Radio Network, streaming live on Sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Taking your text five ninety five ninety is where you can text us. The people's text line is always open. We will, of course, take your calls once the regular season begins. Once we get a little deeper into the spring, uh, we did this yesterday. And I want to know from you guys, the listeners, and I want to know from Julia as well, although after what she just said, I suspect this is where she's going. Uh, what are you buying after two Blue Jays spring training games? They say this knowing we have not yet seen Vladdy. We have not yet seen George Springer. But like uh, Julia was saying, David Schneider, we've gotten a lit- little bit from him. Uh, yesterday, we got something from Bo Bichette and Dalton Varshow. Alejandro Kirk hit a home run today, which we'll get to. We've seen some prospects flash, including Relvis Martinez and Addison Barger and even Alan Roden as well, who Shai was talking about. Bowden Francis was on the mound today. So what are you buying this early in spring? And what are you still looking forward to seeing? So shoot us a text, 59590. Uh, name and location, but on, on David Schneider, Jules, I just, yep. I got to say, I really liked seeing, like you said, the diving grab he kind of leaves his feet. And you know, when, when the, if that ball had gotten past him, a run would have scored probably, right? Cause the ball would have rolled all the way to the wall. He, right he would on. have got, gotten up, grab the ball, get it in uh, to the cutoff guy. Left field is a place he spent a lot of time at in the minors, let's so in the majors last year, but I only bring that up because it made him look confident out there. He read the ball pretty well. He attracted it well. He took a good route to get to the ball, which is why him leaving his feet to sell out. Like it wasn't really him selling out. Like he made that play confidently out there in left field. And like you said, it brings us back to what we discussed in the pregame about what Schneider needs to do to cement his place on this roster. He certainly needs to hit uh, to decently, at least in the spring training campaign, but the defensive play at a number of different positions can't hurt. It does make me wonder if you do think that Schneider is, could potentially see some time at left field in the majors more than perhaps we thought he would. I honestly wonder if the outfield couldn't be constructed at some point in the season. If you are trying to 
save Kevin Kiermeyer a little bit as he gets a little bit older. And he, I know he had a pretty good season last year as he was like somewhat load managed, but I wonder if you couldn't see an outfield of Schneider and left Varsho and center spring and Springer and right, as opposed to Varsho Kiermeyer and left and center with Springer and right where he will probably usually be unless he's getting a day off or something and have essentially have Kiermeyer as the fourth outfielder instead of Schneider as the fourth outfielder. It's just a one year. It was a, it was a relatively short year deal, short term deal for Kiermaier to bring him back, and you know a little bit older. It, it, I feel like to start the year, you probably will see Kiermaier in center, Varsho in left, Springer in right. But I just I can't help but think that Schneider might not be closer to being a guy they put in regularly. This was a great start towards something like that show. It it really depends on how healthy the Blue Jays can stay throughout uh, the year. And uh, to your point, a guy like Kevin Kiermaier how much he can, uh, you know, try to emulate what he did last year. I, I think we all expected him to come into the Blue Jays and be a strong defensive presence, but what he showed at the plate as well kind of forced John Schneider's hand. He needed to play every day because he was hitting so well. So it is going to depend on what Kiermaier brings to the table and how healthy the Blue Jays are, both in the infield and the outfield, to project exactly uh, where Davis Schneider will play. But it certainly uh, can't hurt him to look as good as he did and to be as comfortable as he seems to be in uh, in various positions here. Yesterday when we talked about what are you buying, what are you not buying, uh, you and I, I think your your what are you buying was Elvis Martinez when yeah. we talked about it yesterday. I just I feel like it's like watching uh, Jim Cramer on NBC, like the guy who like smashes cups with baseball bats and he's like, bye, bye, bye. It's like you're buying all your shares of Elvis Martinez. Now, I'm totally with you. So they're early in the game, he gets the count to three, two against of all people, Carlos Rodon, who I, you know, he's still trying to work his way back. It was a bit of a mixed bag for Rodon by the time he, he exited in the third today, but he is still someone with a long history of success, even for if sure. he didn't have a very good last year, certainly at yeah, post injury, but Martinez takes a pretty tough pitch to see on a, on a full count to work the walk off Rodon. So I was impressed by his first AB and he later worked a second walk in the sixth inning, I think it was as well. So that was good to see from him. But similar to David Schneider, we've had the conversation about it's not really the power that you want to see. For, I mean, you want to see that because it's fun, but it's not just hitting tanks for Elvis that you want to see. You want to see what his work with his footwork is, is his defensive work, essentially. I believe it was bottom of the third inning. Rizzo grounds out for an RBI. Soto was standing on third, so he kind of just jogs home. But Martinez did make a sort of spinning grab to snatch the ball and kind of delivers it, kind of sidearmed it to, to first base, flashes the leather a little bit. And that more than most things I am looking forward to. And second, we haven't seen a ton from him at second. So I, I just, I do genuinely, genuinely hope that if, if that's what you can look forward to, it might not be, might not be Matt Chapman all the time, right? It might not be the most defensively sound player in all of baseball. Cause those are hard to come by. But if you can get, okay to good defense from him. I might I, like, if you can get this kind of conversations we've been having about like Bo Bichette, when it comes to defense, if Bo is like an average defensive player and he brings what he does offensively, you feel pretty good about it. If you get that same kind of play from Elvis, I think I'd feel pretty good about it. And here's the thing about Bo. If you want to, you know, go that route and, and sort of draw a parallel here is that you see the effort that he puts into being better every single day, right? He shows up early. He does his, his job. He does his pregame work. And by the time, you know, it's game time. Nothing can really surprise him because he is ready. He has put 
a lot of emphasis in his hitting for sure. But then he has also worked extremely diligently to become a better shortstop and to actually stick at the shortstop position. And so this is what I believe Martinez is trying to do this year in this spring training is he seems pretty intent on showing that there is there are other sides to his game. It's not just effortless power because we all know that that is there and that is certainly what makes him an exciting prospect. But to go from being an exciting prospect to a guy that can actually handle the major leagues and build a career for himself, this is this is what he has to do. He needs to show that there are other aspects to his game. So when he puts in the defensive work, when he makes that grab and actually spins and, and makes a good play, that is what he is showing. When he works in those tough walks, instead of trying to hack at whatever uh, comes his way, that is what he is showing. It's what happened last year in the minor leagues. He got off to a pretty bad start, and then he turned it around when he recognized that you know good uh, a good eye at the plate and good plate appearances and good plate dif- discipline would take him farther than simply the ability to drive the ball. And that's what we're seeing uh, in this spring training as well with Arelvis is just him maturing, coming into his own and going from an exciting prospect to a legitimate potential major leaguer. What did you make of Kirk's home run? Because I always, home runs obviously are good. What a hot take that is. But he slams a home run off Rodon, top of the third. Obviously, that's what you want to see, a home run. But given that Kirk, we talked about this before, did not get started on time at spring training last year due to his delayed arrival. And, of course, just for a good reason. He became a father. But because of that, it, it did feel like Kirk was essentially behind on a lot of things for the, for much of the first half of the season. So for me, it's about starting on time and to see him slam one off of a major league pitcher. Cause we saw a lot of like, not guys who are just organizationally depth guys for, for both sides, not just the Jays for the Yankees as well, but that he did it off Carlos Rodon, I think is promising now 366 feet, 100 mile an hour exit velo. It's a nine in 30 ballparks. That's a home run. So it's like a bit of a cheapy, a, a little bit, but I take it, right? You take something like that. Yeah, you, you certainly do, especially with the exit velo being as high as it did. It, it, that was a hard hit ball. It was a, uh, it was a conscious uh, home run, right? It, it's not that he, yes, it was kind of the, the distance wise. It was whatever, but it's not like this was a, a shot of luck. He actually saw the ball. He actually saw that cutter coming into his hands. And this is what Kirk is, this is what he excels at, right? It's his bat-to-ball skills that put him in a, in a good position. And to see him actually lift that ball up in the air, even if that hadn't been a home run, it's possible that it becomes a Kirk double, which sure. is, you know, it's, uh, it's something that is exciting to see as well uh, for fans. And for him to come in and to do that against Carlos Rodon, it shows me that there's a hunger there too. I Earlier when you were talking about things that we are buying, things that we aren't buying, mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, I'm buying a Captain Kirk bounce back Ooh, okay. season. Right. I really am. It seems like he is putting himself in a good position. And show, I wouldn't be surprised. You look at guys like Dalton Varsho, you look at a guy like Kirk, they're not the A-listers here, right? They are the guys that are coming in maybe at to a second plane, let's say, when we're talking about the Blue Jays and their big stars. And then you have the complimentary pieces such as Varsho, such as Kirk. And they have heard since the, throughout the whole offseason, basically, and since last season, uh, that this is the time for them to bounce back. And so I wouldn't be surprised if there was an extra hunger here for these guys to be like, you know what? I want to put that narrative in the past. 
And so I'm really going to show what I'm made of here. So there may be a little extra incentive to actually have those bounce back seasons for guys like Varsho and Kirk. And I think that that is what we are starting to see here yesterday with Varsho today with Kirk. Alejandro Kirk slamming a uh, solo home run off of Carlos Rodon in the third inning of today's game in Tampa. The Jays do lose 12 to six, although like we're saying less important, the score more important, perhaps the process. Let's take a quick break, Julia. When we come back, a couple of texts on the text line, 590-590, name and location about what people are buying, some questions as well. Maybe we'll chat some of the fallout from Cody Bellinger and Matt Chapman. And of course, chat about the pitching we saw from the Blue Jays. And lots to get to on the other side. You're listening to Jay Stock on the Sportsnet Radio Network. First pitch to Alejandro Kirk is smoked to left field. Going back for Dugo. That ball is gone. Alejandro Kirk first pitch swinging and the first hit for the Blue Jays today produces the first run. It's 2-1 Yankees here in the top of the third. That is Ben Shulman with the call of today's Blue Jays game. Of course, Alejandro Kirk crushing the first home run of the spring campaign for the boys in blue. They do lose 12 to 6, but again, it's kind of like whose line is it anyways, where like the points don't really matter. But uh, we want more look at outcomes here, and Kirk certainly getting off to a good start against the Major League pitcher in Rodon. Welcome back to Jay's Talk here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Julia Kreutz here with you uh, for another about 10, 12 minutes or so. We're taking your texts on what are you buying so far through two games of the spring campaign. 590-590, name and location is where you can reach us for the next couple of minutes. I see one here from Randy and Ajax, Julia. He says, two games in, Here's what I'm buying. Mitch White not making the team. It was a horrible trade. He's out of excuses, not a major leaguer. So I guess Randy is, is yeah, Randy is not buying Mitch White, which is also equally valid. You can certainly do either. See, I was thinking there was a chance before today, there was a chance that he might have a, a role at the back end of the Jays bullpen, if only because there are not that many candidates to be multi-inning relievers on the team. Like we know Trevor Richards has done it. Uh, is that sustainable? I, I'm going to guess that if Mitch White is not that guy, could be Ariel Rodriguez, because we're not really sure what his role is. Like He could be a starter, could be in the bullpen, probably going to open the year in the bullpen. And if he is, then, you know, kind of like Bowden Francis could also be one of these long men. But what did you what did you think of the of Randy's text about about Mitch White? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a that's a tough one, right? We know that he had a pretty bad injury last year. He got started late. He could never really find his rhythm. And now, yes, we are entering a territory where White might be running out of quote unquote excuses here. It's uh, it, it definitely wasn't the way that he wanted to start his spring, we have seen that he has the ability to work well uh, in the major leagues as both a starter and a multi-inning relief reliever uh, out of the pen. But it just he just hasn't found his rhythm with the Blue Jays since uh, the trade. It, it is very true. And when you have a guy like Bowden Francis who may have a bit more of a, of a clear path to being that multi-inning guy out of the pen for the Blue Jays when you have Yariel Rodriguez, who we don't know exactly what we're getting from him right. yet, but it, it does seem like this is a role that he could fill as well based on his track record, based on what he has done, his body of work in the past, then it starts to get a lot more complicated for Mitch White to carve out a role for himself on, on this uh on this 26-man roster, of course, we're not going to 
extrapolate one spring outing, but it certainly uh, it, it didn't look the way that a guy looking for a bounce back would want to start his spring. Yeah, walk, tour, and runs, and a hit as well allowed in one inning of work. Uh, you know, it's funny because of all the guys you might categorize as like multi-inning relievers, long men, whatever you want to say, a bunch of them were actually in this game. Mitch White, certainly, we talked about uh, Trevor Richards came in after Mitch White and Baden Francis started this game, all of whom have and could continue in theory to fill that those roles. Baden Francis, I don't think he had the best command to start this game that we've ever seen from him because he, he has looked really sharp uh, in years past. But again, a part of it is knocking off the rust. But I guess I was a teensy bit surprised, especially for someone who has been very almost like relentlessly praised by Pete Walker and Chris Bass in the last like couple of weeks. A lot of them talking them up a little bit. Now, part of that is coach speak, teammates speak, so to say, so to speak. But his stuff like the actual stuff Bowden Francis has especially the the four seamer the changeup it's still pretty intriguing and we did see it despite the actual runs results today for uh for Bowden Francis he had, he had four hits allowed two runs both of which were earned but he did have two strikeouts as well so I don't know you can't take a little bit of the bad with the good anytime a pitcher pitches really early into spring training but his stuff is so intriguing I just I I can't wait to see what he has and I, I have no doubt he will be a factor as the year goes on and we also can't forget uh, the what he delivered for the Blue Jays last season uh, in the major leagues. Of course, he didn't uh, play the whole year. He wasn't pitching the whole year with uh, with the major league ball club, but he did extremely well when he was with the Blue Jays. And that plays a factor here as well. You're right. The stuff is uh, very intriguing. He has the ability to miss those bats. He has the confidence too, which is a big one. He's a He's such an interesting guy to just talk about baseball with because he is uh, he's more serene, I guess, than what you would expect out of a major league pitcher. And that really works in his favor as a starter and out of the pen because he is able he is someone who's able to stay in the moment and to really give it the right dimensions here. He needs to work on uh, on the contact here and on the amount of balls in the air that he allows. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, his uh, home runs per nine rate last year was maybe 1.2, so a little bit over one. That would be something that uh, Francis would have to work on in order to actually stick, whether that is as uh, the Blue Jays' number five starter or a long relief man out of the pen, uh, out of the pen maybe the number six starter. Sure. We really don't know. There are so many avenues and so many possibilities here. The stuff is intriguing. If he can get uh, that hard contact and those home runs under control, then he will uh, he will be in, in even better shape to carve out some role for himself at the Blue Jays. I admit I thought the like the the ship had sailed on him being a starter, but again, and this is all all part of spring training and, and the uh, the preseason, so to speak. But I, I you know you you kind of try and parse through what everyone is saying because some of it is not true, some of it is, some of it's the whole we're in the best shape of our lives, which everyone says about about every player. But hey, I mean if he can be another factor like he was last year, because I really enjoyed watching him pitch, I think it will be a boon, even if he's not the sixth starter to the to the bullpen, because I mean you don't have Jordan Hicks anymore, and obviously that's not a one to one comparison because they do very different things. But to have Francis as one of the last guys in the bullpen whether it's a you know, long relief, for example, after starter can't go, uh, a long outing, for example, I think that could be a role for him. But, hey, I mean, if he, if, if the best-case scenario presents itself for Bowden Francis and he is a, a potential sixth man if someone gets injured, then I'm all here for it. Uh, Brian from Oshawa had a text. I thought this was interesting. This lineup needs to add one more power bat. Do you guys think the Jays can sign J.D. Martinez or Matt Chapman on a two- or three-year deal? Now, 
if you were to sign one of those two guys, and for me, it seems more likely you would sign Matt Chapman uh, than anyone else. If you were to sign them, someone would have to go, right? Like, it would probably mean a trade of someone like Biggio or Espinal because you're not doing it to IKF. You literally just signed the guy. So he's obviously going to be on the team at least for this year, probably for next year as well because it was a two-year deal. But you you have him. So other guys, someone else would have to be moved on from. I do think the Matt Chapman aspect of this, he, I don't think signing Matt Chapman would qualify, Brian, as adding a power bat because of what we saw for much of 2023. But I do hone in on Chapman more than Martinez, only because of what happened with Cody Ballinger. Because Cody Ballinger, of course, if you missed it, has re-signed with the Cubs three years, according to Jeff Passan, $80 million. He has opt-outs after each of the first two seasons. So uh, he gets $30 million cash for this year. If he doesn't opt out, $30 million in 2025. If he doesn't opt out again, $20 million in 2026. Jules, I only bring it up because that... Bellinger ended up taking a bridge deal and not like $200 million or whatever over seven or eight years that he took that would seem to indicate that the light, the same thing would likely happen for Chapman. And I mean, of all the teams still left for him to sign with, it probably makes the most sense for him to sign a similar ish deal. Like, like uh, Brian is saying, maybe a two year deal with an opt out after the first year with the blue Jays. I mean, who knows if it happens, but there are not that many other teams out there. He could even do that. Right with. Yeah. The, the, uh, this late, into the off season, let's put it like that. I know it's early in the preseason now, but it is, it's impossible not to draw at least a, a little bit of a parallel between Chapman and the deal that Cody Bellinger got. Uh, they were viewed as, uh, you know, two of the best free agents uh, still available on the position player side uh, at the very least. And when you look at what Bellinger signed and uh, the amount of caution that is sort of underlined in this, uh, in this contract, uh, for the team, it didn't seem like teams were necessarily ready to spend yeah. big and for a long-term commitment with a guy like Ballinger, who has been a little bit up and down, who has had an MVP season, but has also had uh, a couple of really subpar uh, seasons with LA before uh, joining joining the Cubs. So you see that uh, there may have been a little bit of hesitancy in the market which would bring us to Matt Chapman and the possibility of a reunion with uh, with the Blue Jays. It seemed a little bit far-fetched earlier in the offseason, but it seems like a, a pretty good solution for everyone involved now, especially when you consider show that the Blue Jays have a guy like Aurelvis Martinez or an Addison Barger, who we also saw today playing mm-hmm. the outfield here, trying to crack uh, the major league roster. If you have a guy like Chapman for, say, one more season or two more seasons, who can serve as a mentor for guys like that until they are ready to really take over the third base position uh, on the major league side, that would be tremendous for the Blue Jays. As for Chapman, it would give him another chance, another audition, if you will, to go out there and actually grab that uh, elusive uh, long-term and big money contract that we know that he's looking for here. It does seem to me that he would be unlikely to take a team option you know, if, he, if it was a player option right for the on. second year after a lot of cash, like a 25 to $30 million up front for year one, and then maybe he opts, he has a decent year offensively because he probably will have a great year defensively because that's his whole thing is of, if he does that again and has a bounce back offensively, there probably would be a couple more teams willing to give him a lot more term, I would think. For sure. It, it, he does have the power, right? If he can tap into that, he's no one expects him to be, say, an average hitter, right? Or hitting for average per se, but you do expect Chapman to show some of his power. If he can get the uh, the strikeouts under control, then 
he'll be in a pretty good position. And then the glove speaks for itself. If he can add a little bit of offensive consistency this year, then he should be in a good position to command uh, a better deal for himself, say one off season from now or two off seasons from now. So it, it does seem like we saw early on in the, in the off season teams spending a lot of money and guys like Yamamoto, Otani for certain. Uh, but uh, now it's the time that we're seeing more hesitancy. So if Chapman can find a way to leverage that in his favor and the Blue Jays might be the partners to, to do that with. Julia, this is a lot of fun. We're back next weekend. Thank you very much. That is Julia Kreutz. I'm Show Ali. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by your local family-owned Crown Rust Protection. Protect your vehicle from rust today. For a special offer, find your local family-owned Crown at crown.com, Canada's number one rust protection. For Ben Shulman, Shai Davidi, Jason Berenger, Tom Young, Julia Kreutz, I'm Show Ali. We'll have Jays talk after most weekend spring training games until the regular season begins. We're back next weekend. We'll talk to you later.